With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talk Screamers Podcast. This is our very first Premier Review of this brand new season. I am Simo, and I'm joined by Paul and Billy. How are you, Paul? All good, Simo. All good. Good, mate. This is your this is your first pod of the new season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I've done a pod since celebrating um, England losing in the final. So yeah, it was a good one, that. It was a good one for me and you, that wasn't it? It was enjoyable, very. Billy, how are you doing, mate? Uh, Depressed, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you will be, you will be, but we'll go on to that in a little bit. Uh, Before we get started, boys, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsor. Our show is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Go to manscaped.com, code SCREAMERS20 for 20% off and free shipping. And you also help support the pod by going there and get yourself some... um, Lovely ball shaving stuff and ball deals and stuff for your balls in general. Anything you can think of for your balls, they've got it. Uh, but on to what's important, boys. Um, we're going to start on the Friday night match, the opening fixture of the brand new Premier League season. Uh, Brentford were at home in a lovely stadium um, and hosted the Mighty Gunners. Um, how did this go for, for, for Arsenal, Paul? Couldn't have been worse, could it? Uh, <laughs> I... I, I don't know about you guys, but you kind of had the feeling something was going to happen. I think like anything I've read about Brentford and the few times I've seen them, they've looked like they have their shit together, which is just something mm-hmm. you can't say about Arsenal. Like they have they have their whole strategy behind the scenes and then they've had kind of the continuous like improvement each season. And which is, yeah, just like they're like the opposite of Arsenal at the moment. Um, so to see the game go as it did was, yeah, no real surprise, I don't think. Um, but yeah, like like I like the way they they like put Arsenal under pressure from the front, defended from the front, and then but we're still happy to like mix it up with the long throws because it made sense. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it was just I think they just played to their strengths and knew that they could get at Arsenal. Yeah, they got the result. I can't really recall an opening 
Premier League fixture that had such opposing views by the fans. The Brentford fans <laughs> were there. They're in the stands. They're loving it. They're crying at the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, we're beating the Arsenal. And the Arsenal are just there thinking, oh my God, how bad is this season? Because <laughs> they came to Scotland. They came to sunny Scotland for a pre-season and had a terrible time up here. <laughs> um, Arteta is just struggling to get this um, Arsenal side playing. Um, but Brentford are well, very well organised, and you know these these players know this is their first crack in the Premier League. A lot of the a lot of these players in the Brentford team, um, this is a lot of uh, Premier League debuts for them. Um, but the mood it's, it is polar opposites. Paul, you hit the nail on the head there. The mood at Brentford is fantastic. They're a club and they're up. The fans are completely behind the manager and all the players. The players are they're together. That you could see hmm. that naturally, I would say the. When it goes to sort of God-given football talent, I think Arsenal kind of do have that in bags, but with you know young, creative and, and explosive talents like Saka and Emil Smith Rowe, who's just taken on the number ten shirt um, for Arsenal. But Brentford, they were willing to run for each other, run and press for each other. Really, really press inside. They press so impressively as well. Uh, but totally polarizing um, situations at those clubs. Uh, what did you make of the match, Billy? Well, I, th- I think Jamie Carragher summed it up perfectly. If I'm being honest <laughs> with you, it was just an Arsenal performance. Arsenal, <laughs> it was just Arsenal of recent, <laughs> and yeah, it's um as an <laughs> if you as an Arsenal fan, you wouldn't be looking forward to the rest of the season, though, would you? But with my Brentford sunglasses on, I think you'd be well and truly buzzing with that result, like they were, and they deserved it, and I think. Although he didn't get his goal, Ivan Tony was... Oh, he was, it was, he was exquisite. Yeah, quite literally exquisite. And it showed that you, although he didn't score, you don't need to score to have an excellent game. You know what I mean? Which I think a lot of people kind of forget about with strikes. It's, oh, he didn't score, then he was shit kind of thing. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, It's a very old school re- way of thinking that, isn't it? Yeah. Considered on the modern sort of... Um, a striker becomes essentially <laughs> these days the first defender. <laughs> And, yeah, a lot exactly. of, and especially in a pressing side like Brentford to just press ever so relentlessly and they are in great mm. fitness I mean you know they've been playing they've been competing to get into the Premier League for probably the past sort of five seasons that has been the ultimate goal yeah. for them so like they've been playing 46 games a season league games a season <laughs> yeah. and that's going to build up a wee bit of fitness <laughs> uh, and a couple of those players that just the running was it was incredible but, uh, by them um, Billy the the long throw I don't know like you're only what, what age are you about 20 years old yeah, just yeah, 20. 20 not, 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 yeah. I don't know if you remember a certain other team that played in red and white stripes that used to. Of course I did. I'm not, I'm not that young. <laughs> Big old Rory Delap. <laughs> it, uh, it was definitely a throwback. Yeah, but uh, what a night for the Brentford fans who came out in their numbers. Uh, they were fantastic through the entire fixture, I think, the Brentford fans, uh, and the celebrations at the end. It was thoroughly deserved. You know, a Friday night opening fixture of the Premier League, beating one of the so-called top six. It doesn't get much better uh, for a, for a um, newly promoted side. Uh, let's go to uh, Manchester United Leeds. Uh, in the Premier League preview, I didn't stick my foot in it as I did last year. don't know if you remember last year. When I <laughs> this exact fixture, I said um, Leeds were going to come out and give Manchester United a doing which obviously didn't happen. Uh, and I very much, <laughs> it was a similar game um, to how it was last season. Um, 5-1 to Manchester United. Uh, Billy, what was the, uh, what, 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 what went so right for Manchester United in this game? Paul Pogba. <laughs> it seems to, seems to have got his mojo back. I think he had that, he had that miss uh, a few minutes before, I think their first goal. 
and I actually tweeted out at the time, Pogba for France buries that. But mm-hmm. Pogba for France turned up five minutes later <laughs> and he had one of the best games I think I've seen a midfielder have in the Premier League. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't really remember the, the Gerrard, the prime Gerrard days, if you like, in those early 2000s kind of thing. But yeah, he was he was sensational that day. And Bruno Fernandes, no longer. <laughs> <laughs> No, you got that. But I've been banging on about Bruno Fernandez. A quite controversial. One of my uh, my few controversial opinions <laughs> were on the question of whether I would have De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandez at Liverpool. I would have chosen Bruno Fernandez um, because still of the a bad decision. No, I still I still, <laughs> still stand by. It. I would die in that hill. I know it's objectively wrong, and like if you were a mathematician, you showed me the stats. I know for a fact I would be objectively wrong for picking Bruno, but I just think the impact he's had on this United side uh, is is been really, and I think in this sort of, I think he's playing in much more of an, an advanced ten uh, in the new sort of season. Mm-hmm. I think that's very much on purpose as well. Um, Fred and McTominay very much the holding midfielders, and I can kind of see why Van de Beek doesn't really fit in this United side. Um, but it, there was a lot of a lot of things a bit wrong for Leeds in that match. I mean, if Fred is mm-hmm. putting them by you, um, something's <laughs> going drastically wrong in your defensive <laughs> in your defensive approach to ninety minutes. Uh, but go on, Paul. Uh, what was your thoughts on the match? Um, yeah, like Pog, like Pogba just dominated, I guess. And I don't like it's not every game where every every uh, chance you have goes in. I think that happened with Fernandez. Um, like his goals, are, his finishes are just incredible, though. But yeah, my favorite part was definitely Pogba's pass to Greenwood. That is just yeah. like unbelievable to like get it on his foot from like 20, 30 yards and to do like curl around the fullback. Um, and then, yeah, great finish by Greenwood as well. But yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think Leeds will care too much. It's obviously a big game for their fans or whatever, yeah. but they lost, what, 6 1 last season in basically the exact same game. Like, it was yeah. pretty much carbon copy. Leeds had a few chances, didn't take them, and United took all their chances, and it was just kind of end to end. So, like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I saw, like, fucking loads of pundits <laughs> reading really far into it and saying, like, United are, like, looking really strong. But, like, so many teams look strong in August. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably the That's easiest good. month to look strong. And, like, they're saying, like, like, looks really me, fit. Like, such a competitive league this season. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell. Years, I would say, because um, yeah. you've got all these clubs that obviously entered a transitional period that have actually come out and really really spent the money on maybe sort of wiser areas than they had in previous years um with the exception of manchester yeah. city but we'll go on to that. <laughs> <laughs> i feel we should maybe invest some money in other areas of the pitch. uh but we'll get on to that in a little bit um just before we move on from that match, I just want to give a wee shout out to Luke Allen's goal. I'm not sure he meant it. He clearly did mean it. It was, I think, like, <laughs> like a poor touch. And then he just think, oh, all yeah. I can really do now is put my foot through it. <laughs> Maybe it's going to He certainly wasn't expecting it to go yeah. in, was he? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of them that you drag 20 yards wide and you're like, oh, let me just run back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just hitting this as hard as I can. <laughs> An absolutely fantastic goal. Um, but Man United looked very much good at a cameo appearance for Jaden Sancho in the second half. He had a pretty much the run of the game. He was in that number 10 position, then out on the right and out on mm-hmm. the left, and you know, had a had a good run of the different areas in the pitch. And I think that's maybe a little bit on purpose. Oh, he might be saying, right, go see where you can actually fit into this side for yeah. me. Because <laughs> I've got a lot of forward players here and I need to figure out how to get them all on the pitch. Um, we next go to the uh, 
potentially the biggest match of the uh, the opening weekend. Uh, Burnley Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean Dyche couldn't get over the line. Um, Graham Potter with the beard. Uh, oh, got, beautiful uh, got beard. Got some three points. Um, what are your thoughts on the match, Billy? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I wasn't really watching it, but... Um, How I dare you the... come on this podcast without watching everyone at <laughs> Family Quipple? <laughs> the main talking point for me is that beautifully unexpected beard from uh, Graham Potter. I've got to be honest. I took. I was. I was aghast, <laughs> mate. I had to spit out my, my tears. Oh my god, he's so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, did you see the first um, goal though from Tarkovsky? Yeah, James Tarkovsky. Yeah, yeah just two pushed, minutes. I in. thought he just pushed Mope onto the floor. I was like, who oh, this didn't do? They do. I mean, we need to talk a wee bit about the officiating as a whole. Yeah. And this Premier League Open weekend, my opinion is that this is the best Premier League weekend of officiating that we have seen since the introduction of our fire. Yeah. Country mile. Country mile. The, yeah. the yeah. fact that referees yeah. are now letting a little bit more physical contact and letting the game, and Linos are actually putting up the flag. I mean, see the amount of times <laughs> I counted Linos not putting up the flag when a guy was like clearly, yeah. a player was clearly like two metres offside. And just like, oh, just let it play out. And then five minutes of play <laughs> occurs. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's I mean? just crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely bizarre. But this, I enjoyed the football immensely. I think they've got the officiating down to a a really good period. Maybe I'm looking at it in a, from a, a certain angle of I've seen very poor officiating for a long time in the Premier League now. <laughs> it feels like two years. So maybe just seen a, a, an entire weekend without any significant blunders. Yeah, I personally don't think sense, it's a foul. Nice. I think I think uh, Neil Mopay is far too weak there and Tarko does the right thing, mm-hmm. just pushes him over, get out of my way. He's yeah, that was... Tar- in my opinion, the defender has the right to comp- Everybody has the right to compete for the ball. And just because you're planted mm-hmm. your feet in that spot doesn't, doesn't give you the right to that space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a superb goal. And for that, in my opinion, James Tarkovsky, the best kept secret in football. I don't know how Burnley <laughs> have kept a hold of that man. And I, think, I, I really rate it as a, as a defender. You plant, you maybe plant next to like a ball-playing defender, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe where well, certain sides, certain Premier League sides, should maybe be looking instead of maybe shelling out. Ben White. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think James Tarkowski though he's been linked with. He's one of these that seems to be linked with like a Leicester. Yeah, but it never goes through. I swear he's been linked with them for like the past three. But he's not linked consistently though, is it? He's like he's linked, yeah, he's and like- then everybody forgets that he's a. He's a player. <laughs> Remember, forget, forget yeah, it's it's the like, guy that plays next to Ben Me. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it seems like it's like la- lazy journalism, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, it's it, a, here's it's, a, here's it's a not headlines that they could go for. Is <laughs> why Burnley get virtually zero coverage from Sky Sports because they just have like no yeah. clickability. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm really it was a great centre back. I mean, Sean Dice probably thought he was going to get the three points here because of how uh, long he held out against Brighton for. Uh, but Brighton um, clawing it back. Uh, Graham Potter, a manager you've rated for quite a while. Billy, can he do something this yeah. season? I really think he can. Yeah, um, I've put it in the group chat and I've put it on Twitter several times. That I think Brighton will be a top twelve side this season. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry, uh, you saw how well he did last season and they just couldn't take the chances. Eventually, that's got to swing. Eventually. And I think it it will do this season. And yeah, I think I think top 10 may be a bit too ambitious. I mean, they were certainly playing like it last season, but 
yeah, I don't know. A top 12 finish, I think, I, I would expect them to get that. And I think they will get that. I certainly think they've got enough in their side, barring injuries, of course, because that, yeah. that could uh, have they massive definitely, They definitely need to improve in their conversion rate. They were that side last mm. season. had all the XG and none of the goals to go along with it. And uh, I was wondering um, how many times Brighton would hit the woodwork last season you actually kindly come up with yeah. that start for me so Brighton hat the woodwork um, as you are as my personal assistant <laughs> <laughs> uh, came up as seventh um, in the Premier League uh, as for hitting the woodwork and if you looked at the sides above them they're very much mid-table to top um, table yeah. sides and they were really it was very much Brighton then a big long gap and then the other sides that were in relegation <laughs> sort of area um, mm. so it, it does kind of paint a wee bit of a, of, a, of a picture of how maybe a little bit unfortunate they were the last season um, where do we go next we go next to um, Chelsea Crystal Palace um, we did see the debut uh, from Lukaku as he wasn't eligible um, Paul what were your thoughts on this match um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a win to nil for uh, Chelsea, and yeah, it turned out that way. It seemed like a pretty comfortable uh, match for them. Um, I just saw something on Twitter there, like some crystal, or I think it was Simon Jordan giving out saying like, um, "This is the worst Palace performance in whatever he's ever seen." Blah blah, blah the usual shite. And then uh, someone just posted up like the stats from the exact same game last season, and it's just the exact same stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the exact same. Not very comfortable like, <laughs> that, Paul. Not very comfortable, yeah, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and even I knew it would be yeah, a win to nil. So, uh, yeah, be it, like I'm really interested to see what uh, how Palace play or like how they get on this season because I think it's quite easy to write Vieira off because he hasn't really ma- he hasn't managed in a top league, definitely. And he's only getting the job as well because he used to play for yeah. Top team. So, um, and yeah, I don't think they've really bought big or bought anyone to change their squad around. So yeah, it'll be, it's going to be a tough, tough season for them, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't really see them like progressing anyway. But it'd be good. I think it'd be good to, to see them kind of stay mid table. But like, I think Hodgson is a way better manager than people like to give him credit for. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, there's not many managers in the world that have as many years in the game uh, and, uh, and top flight management than, than Roy Hodgson. Uh, yeah, we decided it was time to actually, yeah, time to give it up Retire. and on a on a. a <laughs> high. Uh, but the overall um, age of this Crystal Palace um, side is younger um, than it was for the last few seasons, and that was maybe what where Crystal Palace were eventually going to hit a wall. Is the players yeah. that were ever so consistent were actually going to start hit, really feeling their age uh, in this more competitive Premier League? Because um, the Premier League seems to me that each team just keeps becoming stronger and stronger, which kind of gets me worried of, you know, how these championship uh, teams are going to adapt uh, mm. as they come up in years to come. Uh, but that is a problem for another day. I don't know, podcast. <laughs> um, I thought Chris Palace, uh, the game went very much as you'd expect. Um, Tuchel played very much Tuchel ball. Um, I quite like the emergence of the young uh, the young man, uh, centre-back Chalibur, um, who I think is meant mm. to be playing a big part this season. I think he was out loan. He was out on loan in France. Um, and a lot of people speculated that we'd go out loan again, but he had apparently such a strong preseason and such a uh, a strong um, run of performances and training mm. as well. I mean, he played well in the Super Cup yeah. as well, didn't he? Yeah, and, and he's uh, he's nailed down at a starting lineup in this new Chelsea side, uh, which and, and he scores in his debut as well. Um, so yeah, couldn't have, couldn't have went much better for him. I mean, people were wondering because Chelsea were trying to link Kurt Zuma away. I think still might. Be, I think he has a chance he could still move this window um but i think 
that um, he's just not a Tuchel player. The defenders, the centre backs, are a Tuchel yeah. symptom are very much. They're just they're just midfielders that, that play slightly. <laughs> Slightly behind the other midfielders, really, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a certain sense. Um, yeah, I was, quite, I think everybody was maybe excited, maybe see Lukaku got on the pitch, but I think he will be available for selection um, in the next game week. Uh, so, so look forward to that. But very much uh, as as you'd expect, this uh, game would go. Kristen Pulisic had a really, really good um, performance. Um, Jorginho Kovacic both saw. I mean, everybody in the um, in the Chelsea lineup was, was was good. The only really standout performance in the Crystal Palace one was probably James McArthur. Um, and uh, both of them maybe had his worst game. Uh, for, a, for a wee while but he offers me he just kind of goes missing <laughs> <laughs> he's either there or he's not really <laughs> and that's just uh, well Zaha in a way um, let's move on to our next match we're going to cover um, Everton Southampton uh, kind of looked for a little second that Southampton might not have a terrible season uh, but that quickly, <laughs> quickly was rectified um, <laughs> Paul tell me a little bit tell me a little bit about this game Everton Southampton well, yeah, you should say, yeah, like looking at the scoreline, you're like, oh, shit, like uh, Southampton might actually do something decent here. But the, but if you see the goal, it was just from Michael Keane messing around at the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an unbelievable finish, by the way. Like going yeah. straight through on your debut in the Premiership. Like, that's unbelievable. Young, but yeah, then, strong. Yeah. Um, they got booed off at halftime, like a little bit of booze, and you're kind of like, oh, here we go. Like, they're going <laughs> to give it to Benitez, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, they turned it around completely. And... Oh, yeah, they played really well in the second half and they definitely deserve to win. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, yeah, Southampton probably will have a tough season. And, I, I like, obviously, I write Benitez and I just think, yeah, he'll get them. He'll definitely get them top eight. I think I can't see them get the bottom half. That could be controversial. He's definitely got it in the bag. I mean, they're not going down, Everton. I don't think there's anything to worry about that. No, no. <laughs> uh, Billy, what were your thoughts on the match and, and Southampton as a whole? Yeah, it's doom and gloom at Southampton, I think, isn't it, unfortunately, for them. Um, yeah, you can't let someone like Danny Ings go, Yannick Vestergaard, Ryan Bertrand. I know you will mention these in uh, the previous pod, but you can't let them go and the only player you bring in be a championship player with no Premier League experience. I mean, very well-taken goal. There's <laughs> no denying that, but... Yeah, I really do fear for Southampton. And hopefully if Villa get James Ward-Prowse, then I mean, they'll be in, in even more shit. But yeah, um, oh, fair, play to, fair play to Everton. Decore saying that he wanted to add more goals to his game and he certainly added more goals to his game. A blinder, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a great goal. And um Proper laces through, isn't he? Kind of player, isn't he? he's like a laces <laughs> yeah. right through the ball. Kind of. He's not going to be. It was from he such does an want to add more goals to his game, well. but you're not going to see the curry calling them calling them in. <laughs> it was a fantastic take goal. Yeah, and um, Richarlison as well, just coming back from the Olympics, starting and then uh, scoring as well. So yeah, a good day all round for Everton, I think. Besides the first half, maybe, but yeah, it's all doom and gloom. Down in it makes the Harry Kane excuse a bit more ridiculous, doesn't it? When Richarlison <laughs> flies all the way to Japan, yeah. plays in yeah. another tournament. <laughs> yeah. Comes back. Yeah. Yeah. But later. Mate, could, it, could almost make you think that there might be something else. <laughs> <laughs> something must be up. Yeah, maybe. 
Ah, uh, um, We next go to a Midlands derby. Um, Leicester at home against the new Wolves side. Uh, Leicester getting over the line with the 1-0. Um, yeah, Leicester starting the season strong, as they normally do. Uh, Wolves kind of looked as if they packed a bit of a punch for me. Um, Adam, Adam Atrioli, again, um, struggling with his, fin- uh, his finished product. Um, at the end of the the amazing dribbling, dribbling capability that everybody knows he has, if you could just add a wee bit of technical play to his game, he'd really would just turn into like a soft. Mm. That's, that's always player. yeah, that's always been the problem with Traore when he was at Villa in his early days, just come from Barcelona. Um, he was obviously lightning quick, strong as anything, but you just knew that he he just didn't have that end product, and as soon as it, he or this is what we were saying back then, as soon as he was able to get that, then he'd be a world-class player. But <laughs> five, six years down the line, he still doesn't have that end yeah. product. Which you kind of get the feeling if it's going to happen, really. it probably yeah. would have happened by now. But then again, mm. let's not let's not yeah. write him off. Um, Paul, the Midlands derby, uh, did it go any different than what you expected to? It was very much expect- the way I expected that. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um like Leicester obviously out in the up and then yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens at Wolves this season um, not too sure what to expect actually like they had a pretty poor season but I think last season kind of people put that to uh, Jimenez being injured and like just obviously losing your centre forward halfway through the season is just a body blow to a team like that um, so yeah I don't, I don't really know what to expect I kind of hope they stay up or like stay in the league comfortably but what do you guys think? They're in that little bit of a Strange place with the manager, who was obviously very capable, very well liked at the club, and maybe just sometimes mm-hmm. a manager, I feel, just takes a team as far as they can personally take them, and they kind of run into a wall, sort of development-wise. And and I don't like to say the term running out ideas, but it kind of maybe did look like that for um for 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 Nuno. Um, Cody maybe had one of his poorer games for me. Um, he needs to be stronger on that back line, and he kind of lost a wee bit of his uh, I sort I sort of say commanding sort of bite that made him like a, a strong centre back that wasn't particularly tall or, or, or you know yeah. big and anything like that it was more of his attitude that kind of it kind of looked as if um, very much getting bullied by <laughs> the Leicester forward players Harvey Barnes just building to run absolutely anything mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Vardy's lovely little finish as well that nah, angle was so tight as well <laughs> yeah. no, that was was, it was the celebration was, for me how yeah, how really the Wolves fans. Fans, yeah. <laughs> cannot, okay, they it's so left. funny we we almost left uh, Jamie Vardy shit house there at Screamers there. Well done, Billy, for uh, getting... <laughs> I was not going to forget that one. <laughs> uh, um, and a less, um, <laughs> a less positive uh, match for you coming up next, Billy. Paul will love it because uh, it's bound you up. Um, <laughs> Watford, uh, the team voted from the championship, uh, managed to get the three points against Aston Villa on the opening day as Villa prepare for life, or are now living life, um, after Grealish. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, Billy? Uh, do we really have to go over this? <laughs> yes, mate, if you could. <laughs> uh, it was just, I think Dean Smith summed it up perfectly, to be honest with you, when it when he said that we approached it like it was an international friendly. I, we just weren't at the races at all. And Saar and his pace just completely exploited our player of the season last season Matt Target which kind of took me by surprise obviously I knew that Matt Target wasn't that quick but you you don't turn that bad overnight kind of thing the only thing I'm potentially worried about is because he had such a close relationship with Jack and obviously they played in front and behind each other 
um, whether he's kind of missing him a bit too much, maybe or something. I don't, I don't know, but um, I don't think things helped either with our preseason being disrupted twice because of COVID. We had a game with Sevilla and Nottingham Forest cancelled fairly late notice as well, so we had to rearrange, and it was a nightmare really. So whether that was we kind of treated it as a pre-season friendly or the players treated it as a pre-season friendly. I don't know, but yeah, it was, we got run ragged all day. The only thing that I can really take from it as a positive is Leon Bailey. He looked, he was the spark that tried to get us back in the game kind of thing. I think it was 70 minutes when John McGinn scored a great goal. Leon Bailey assists just a few minutes into his debut. And then we got a penalty at the end to make the score look look somehow look respectable through a Danny Ings penalty. But so it's nice to get him off the mark and Leon Bailey as well. But yeah, it was just a horrible, horrible day at the office for us. Well, to be fair, like when a when a team signs a new striker, I feel like it's always a good sign if they get off the mark early, because yeah. otherwise you start getting that that speculation. Oh, when's it going to get off the mark? But the um, thing is, it's Danny Ings as well. So, oh, so it's always going to be there's going to be yeah. fine anyway. But I'm um, just you know, goals are going to from a from yeah. a from new striker, yeah, uh, yeah. Super John McGann getting off the line as well um, in the first game of the season. Um, uh, as a as a maybe a, I mean I don't think Matt Matt Target can be completely judged in isolation on this fixture because mm. from what I, what I've seen in the championship, what I've seen in his brief time in the Premier League, um, Saar is a incredibly difficult player yeah. to play against because not only does he have the pace, he's also quite tall and quite strong as well. Mm. But that, not, to me, not, well, and he's he's, I mean. I do get that he's had he's had a shocker probably as you say there, um, mm. Matt. I, I mean, it doesn't mean he's a completely different player for last season. You'll probably no. see him emerge um, in the coming games. Yeah, but the the thing to me that it was so evident while watching the game is that was Watford's game plan: <laughs> just get the ball to Sar, play it in behind, just let him run either at target or let him get play the ball in front of him to get round him or something. It was so obvious that that's what the game plan was. And I mean, it says something when Dean Smith's making subs at halftime because he doesn't make subs at halftime. Stick a more experienced Ashley Young there. And fortunately, we kind of nullified him in the second half a bit. But they still managed to get the third goal, which was a cracking goal in all fairness. I mean, and, and fairness to Dean Smith, he's made those changes at halftime and, and came a goal away from the point. So, mm. I mean, swings and roundabouts, is it? But, uh, yeah. Paul, what was your thoughts? It's a long season Did you very ahead. much enjoy it, knowing that Edge with Billy <laughs> would no, be having a meltdown? I actually... I, actually <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know, Billy, what like what do you think is going to happen without Greenish? So, we had all the... Like, everyone had the gag that Aston Villa are a one-man team and then mm-hmm. they lost their way without him last season. So, like... Is it like it's, and now, I think now it's we've lost the hard. team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you lose to Watford and it's all looking terrible. But like, obviously it's going to be hard as a player. I don't know if, like when you're playing and you have the best player on the team and you know where he plays the whole time, you all, like mm. I instinctively would always look up and try pass to that person. So if they're yeah. on the left wing, you try, you, I don't know, you just, you just feel it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know where the ball should go. And like, do you think that's going to be an, like, I obviously don't watch Villa each week. Is that, is that unfair to say that's how they played? Like when they got to the attacking third? Um, I wouldn't say it's unfair, to be honest with you, because you, in a team like Villa or Spurs as well, you could say the same, that you look up and try and find Jack Grealish or Harry mm. Kane or something. Yeah. 
it's obvious they're world world class players. So to say, I don't think it's unfair to say that. But what annoys me is how it's every Villa loss from now on will be. Oh, it's because they didn't have Grealish. Oh, it's <laughs> you know what I mean. Or if yeah. we miss a ch- if we miss a chance and we're not creative enough, maybe we still come away with the win. But it's like oh, they didn't have Grealish. They, they could have had two or three kind of thing. Yeah, so that kind of yeah. annoys me slightly. But, I recall he's losing plenty of games with Grealish as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like there might just be this like, oh, they had Grealish on the pit. They must have won that day. That, that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Did not happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but it's, I think one thing I wanted to mention as well with Grealish, and I was also going to mention it when we were talking about Arsenal and Brentford, is the togetherness in a team. So like last season, you saw it with England as well. There was so much togetherness within the team. You saw it at Brentford. You saw it at Villa last season, particularly as a Villa fan on social media and stuff like that. And I think Grealish was such an integral part of that. It was just that massive personality in the dressing room. And that's also gone as well. So it's not just the world-class player that you've got off the pitch now. It's the it's the dressing room banter and the camaraderie that he also brought to the squad that's gone. I mean, uh, like, I want to make it absolutely known that I don't agree that he's the world's best player. <laughs> I didn't say that he was the world's best player. I said he was world class. There's a difference. You said, There's a difference. Yeah, verbatim, you said world's best player. Playbacks. I, I didn't mean that. I, I didn't mean that then. <laughs> he's certainly not now. Ah. Maybe last season, but he's not now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, it was dread for Billy and delight for Paul and a wee bit more delight for Paul as we go to our next fixture uh, Norwich at home um, they always have a terrible time against us Liverpool um, yeah. Paul what was your thoughts on Liverpool Norwich uh, just it was kind of like uh, going back to how it used to be great to see Norwich turn up in the first game of the season because you know it's going to go well you know we're going to score three or four <laughs> yeah. and we did so that was great but yeah no kind of it was like like a bit of the old stuff, wasn't it? Like the first half of last season. Bit of a throwback. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just comfortable. And I think just throughout the game, you kind of knew as soon as the first goal get, went in, uh, we were going to run away with it. So yeah, no, happy happy days. I think Pookie had Probably a chance. I could so. say the same. <laughs> Probably I could say the same. <laughs> knew that one goal went in and it was, it was all all right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Norwich had a chance at it all, but... Other than that, Liverpool were good. Yeah, great to see Van Dyke back as well. Yeah, huge point for Feeling me that positive. Van Dyke coming back in. Um, I predicted on the Total Liverpool show, if you're not listening to that and you're a Liverpool fan listening to Screamers, go over and subscribe to Total Liverpool um, to get your Liverpool fixed. Uh, I predicted a 4-1. Uh, was it too far off? I mean, considering yeah. um, Alisson's world-class saves, I mean, I don't know how he gets in front of that. Like, three oh, times. yeah. He's just yeah, different. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. He's just <laughs> different gravy, that boy. He's absolutely different gravy. Um, great start for Liverpool. And the game completely changed when Firmino and Fabinho entered the pitch. Two Brazilians just the, the it was in a the, the game was in a balance of one 0 and they came on and it was just it was just anti second gear, cruising along, mm-hmm. done. <laughs> Job done, three 0 yeah. done. <laughs> excellent stuff, excellent stuff. If you want to hear more about that game, again go to Total Liverpool. Um, one question anyway. one question I want to ask though before but just before we move on is there's been a lot of debate on Twitter about Mo Salah and is he like one of the best ever players to play in the Premier League? Yeah. Now I want I want to hear 
I want to hear your thoughts on it. That was fairly quick, Simo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the best players to ever play in the Premier League. Yeah. That's why, that's uh, why he has the most points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling it would be a fairly biased, <laughs> fairly how, biased how point. How is the bias? Like, how can you call that bias? You just like, scores all the time. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that because you're Liverpool fans. You will, you will say that. You will say that Gerrard was better than Skulls and Lampard. He was. He was better than both of them. <laughs> 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 uh, I think with a striker, it's very hard to argue. As in, it's yeah, just, striker is the. It's just goals. Yeah, you can he's, see how many goals. He's he's, he's goals per game rate is is unreal. He's uh his overall play is is great. He's he's definitely up there with um mm. the best players to ever get to Premier League. Absolutely, especially in the modern era. I would say you're looking back in the last sort of ten years. He's definitely he's. He's 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 way way up there and beyond. Um, One of the best in the world. Well, oh yeah, I reckon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get it gets any any side on the planet for me. Any side. Does that answer your question, if, Billy? It does. But was it biased? If... Yes, it was. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, we go to uh, probably my match of the weekend. I quite I quite enjoyed this match, and it was uh, I expected it to be quite boring. Um, Newcastle and West Ham. What happened to what, you know? What happened to Bruce playing defensive tactics. It was, it was all about Brucey ball. Um, <laughs> how does this match go for you, Billy? Uh, not great from a Villa point of view because I'm shitting it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> we play Newcastle next week and I'm shitting it. I never thought I'd say those words, but you yeah. Your Alan, <laughs> Alan to Maxvin just a, a different breed, isn't he? He's so good. He's good when he's not held together by tape. <laughs> <laughs> Last season, if you just, from like toe to head taped, tape, yeah. like, just stick just a bit of bubble wrap around you sorry, as well. I can't, you cannot have a day off. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, oh, he, was, he was so good. Every time he got the ball, he just looked like he was going to do something with it. And yeah, he was, he was so, so good. But so would... <laughs> it was a really end-to-end game, and so were oh, um, West Ham as well. It was probably one of the great advert for the Premier League, as Jed would say. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jed, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, West Ham as well. So, uh, Saeed Ben Rama, he had a cracking game, I thought. Antonio as well. And yeah, just a, a what, really, what really good pen? Mm, pen or no? Not for me. Not for me. No, it was It was a soft one for me. No. Not it was like pen it was me. like a last season penalty. <laughs> yeah, it was a last season penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. Nah. Who was refing it? Atkinson was it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it might be Atkinson. Yeah, so it's kind of annoying to <laughs> to say like to be on Bruce's side for this, but he like the game changed, but because it's two two on your list, like that wasn't a penalty. But Bruce, <laughs> he was like, why can't Mark and Martin Atkinson go over and look at the screen instead of someone three hundred miles away watching the match? And we're just like. He's not watching the match from 300 miles away. Like he's, he's, watching, it, he's watching it on a screen as well as Martin Atkinson. He's actually orbiting on the he's International just, Space yeah. Station. Yeah. <laughs> he's just looking out the window with a pair of binoculars. Like, it's just, obviously Atkinson should have gone to the screen, but like still, it makes no difference. They're still looking at a screen. Just like, I know, Steve. Don't just, say, just say, why doesn't he go instead of the other guy? Not, yeah. <laughs> not the man yeah, exactly. that's standing yeah. three three hundred miles away <laughs> in a field trying to watch the Newcastle game at St James's Park. 
yeah, anyway, it wasn't a pen. <laughs> no, it was never a pen. It was never a pen. It was Atkinson's, not read in the rule book. It's time to retire. <laughs> it might be slightly biased on that one as well. Um, yeah, fantastic. It's not often you would say a, a Brucey side was more attackingly de- adept than they were defensively solid. Um, mm. I thought going forward they had a bit of everything. ASM was just, it was just fantastic. I seen a great tweet from um, Fish from the Football Ramble saying he started to turn Declan Rice into Declan Rizal. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is fantastic. And it's fantastic. It just takes his time and it's it's comically. Like, I, I, you think it's going to go wrong because how you just don't expect players to hold on to the ball yeah. for that long yeah. ever yeah, in the Premier yeah. League. It, it looked like he was almost going to try a Rabona cross as well. Yeah, yeah. Point, something, it? That, you know, <laughs> and Wilson's is just there. He's like, Wilson just lays down a marker right away. Um, I am the new number nine. I quite like how they took the number nine shot off. Joe Linton just said, you're not fit for purpose. No, you can't, you can't <laughs> stop the pain. At this point, the, uh, Joe Linton's greatest contribution to Newcastle could be like, I don't know, yeah. being a ball boy or um, <laughs> punching tickets or maybe to get some sort of worth from him in a way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you do with a player like that. No one's going to buy him. <laughs> no one is going to buy him. Maybe go to like China or something, but it's just, it's just all, all they need to do, to do is sell a couple of shirts to say this man played in the Premier League. Um, you know, and he's uh, Brazilian. West, yeah, he's Brazilian as well. He's Brazilian Premier League legend. Scored two goals in 50 games. Uh, <laughs> uh, me. Um, yeah, West Ham are great going forward as well, um, as they as everybody would expect of me. Antonio Bowen, Thomas Ocek, um, Ben Rama, all uh, massively effective going forward. Rice as well. Um, apart from being absolutely stirred at the resort, um, yeah, he's, he, he had actually a a pretty solid game as well, but we move on to the um, the the the, the jewel in the crown of this uh, <laughs> this week's Premier League <laughs> fixtures. Um, Spurs uh, hosted Manchester City at home and managed to get the three points. Nuno on his um, opening Premier League game uh, against the bold fraud has uh, been uh, looking at keys too much. Um, <laughs> how did this game go for you, Paul? Fraudiola. Um, <laughs> As soon as you see the team sheet and you see Mendy at left back, surely all the money goes on Spurs. He's How insane. do you spend a hundred million with a potential another hundred and fifty million on the cards and start a season with Benjamin Mendy? <laughs> Why is I, going I, on? No, no, and I don't think Guardiola likes him especially either. Like he's dropped him countless times. Yeah, and even like. Zinchenko used to be that player that used to be like a bit dodgy at left back, but like Zinchenko because he was a midfielder. He was he was yeah, a yeah. midfielder just yeah. shaped in a left back position. <laughs> but even he's better than Mendy now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, even had I Fabian Delph there at one point, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> God, he went downhill quick. Have you ever seen a player de- like? <laughs> have you ever seen a player decline as quickly as Fabian Delph? <laughs> I mean, he was on that Everton bench, and that Everton bench is looking thin. They need to make some signings. It's like a Wobe and the under 23s. It's <laughs> the third choice goalkeeper. It's weird because <laughs> he, he clearly can't pay outfield anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how Man City are spending this money on squad turnover and just 
Like, I mean, it's hard to say. They don't have the God-given right to win every match, but right, if you're going to spend, like, I don't know, I don't know the figure on. I know it's a billion pounds in like the, the last yeah. eight, eight or so minutes. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. You just don't expect them to lose. They have zero excuses, but they just keep going for world-class midfielder slash wigger. Um, how are they still lacking a striker after spending all this money? Why don't you just sell a player they don't they don't need? Do you know what I mean? And not not just like wait till your contract yeah. goes and go into, oh are you are you leaving are you all oh, right okay um, just make sure you clear out your lock on the way out you know There's a statue of you. yeah we'll get a statue of you somewhere I'll give you twenty leaving gifts <laughs> um, yeah I just started Tottenham was fantastic I want to talk to you about Tottenham I mean you spend a hundred million pound on a player uh, and he's outdone by five million pound Hoiberg. <laughs> just gonna Jaffa Tanganga had him in his pocket. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. What, what? Yeah, I played a Vetti for quite a while. He's kind of grown up a little. He's kind of filled mm. out a wee bit from the chest up. Um, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I, I, I was surprised when he came off for Doherty as well because Doherty's not um, the most defensive minded player you've ever seen no, in your life. I was thinking, and I was thinking maybe they need to hold on to this lead. And he was quite surprised yeah. to see the future captain. I suppose that man as well. Jafarkin mm. uh, Tanganga. Um, Oh, he played an excellent game. And he played a he's during his breakthrough season over the last couple of seasons. Um, he did. He's had some standout games. He had a really good game against yeah. Liverpool, actually. I don't know if it was yeah, last season or the before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Spurs preparing for life without Kane, possibly. Maybe he stays. Maybe he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um. Son was absolutely excellent. Didn't look as if they missed him. Um. Berwin being played in a completely different sort of essentially being unhinged from the 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 role that the Jose Mourinho had him on and was was allowed to play. I feel like there was a lot of cut strings um and those Spurs players because Josie just he just demands um cohesion defensive mm. sort of counter-attacking football where everything needs to be done social discipline and it did look as if the strings had just been cut and they're allowed to sort of um yeah, flow, flow into their counter-attacks rather than just be so so structured as Josie likes it um and I think that's what what got them over the line so that and some solid defending uh in mm. midfield um, from from uh, Hoiberg and Oliver Skip, I think had a fantastic game as well. Yeah. Um, really stepped up to those midfielders that cost upwards of hundred pounds each. Even the when De Bruyne came on, you think, oh god, we've got to keep one. Yeah. We've got to keep De Bruyne on uh, out out now for the next sort of you know thirty minutes or however, however well it was. Uh, but I just don't understand how that team loses any games. Um, they could yeah. literally make a paper cut out of Guardiola sit on the touchline and it's probably the same result as any other game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> See, that, that Man City side and you could say Barcelona side and Bayern Munich side as well, they're that good. You should just be able to tell them to just go out and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Just go out, have, have fun and they will win you football matches. <laughs> yeah. But one player that I think you've missed out is when talking about Spurs is Deli Alley. Oh, he was I great. He, he was I actually think he great. had a really good game. Yeah. And I, I just knew, saw a I stat earlier. Ali. I knew Deli Alley. Yeah. Yeah, as definitely. if he's a ball, then I saw, I, I saw a stat earlier yeah. that said that he'd ran it was something like 11.67 kilometers or something. I might be wrong slightly. It was it was in the 11s anyway. Yeah, but it was. He ran the most tackling. out of any. I think it was something like yeah. he ran the most out of any player in the Premier League on the opening weekend, which it's crazy that. you wouldn't expect from Deli considering point to prove though, isn't it? Oh, just for sure, his shoulder yeah. now. You kind of see how yeah. he plays with it. He's hard running, hard tackling, winning aerial duels. Not really yeah, yeah. There's, there's a theme going on. There's, and then, <laughs> yeah, there's a theme going on, isn't there, with uh, Jose Mourinho? I think it's that <laughs> in the entire media that's just got him 
because he was so Dilly Ali had like just a moment of the sunshine. I mean, he was absolutely yeah. fantastic, and he was the best thing since sliced bread. And he was he played in that that Portugal Spurs side um, when it, when it had Ericsson and and uh, Lucas Moura and Harry Kane and, and so on, and 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 Dele Ali fitted in there as well. And it was just a really free free flow and sort of a really attacking side. Uh, and he seemed to. Have he seems to have evolved a little bit. It'd be interesting to see how Dele Alli actually plays. Because I don't know if he was out on the left, but kind of drifted inside into a sort of mm. defensive role quite a lot as well. Um, and I think you kind of need to do that if you're going to play on the same side as Regulon. It's quite clearly a, an attacking fullback. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought he played fantastically as well. I think all, uh, the Spurs players to a man uh, were fantastic. I don't think you get the result against City unless that's the case. Um, what, did a, what did a City side need to do to win games if not spend... Hundred million pound and, and, and players and stuff like that. Not dive, I think. Oh, you know, I didn't realize. I didn't notice how much he dived before. I don't know. You take those Villa sunglasses on and just feel, oh my yeah. god, see what I mean? I think I've still got the man actually. <laughs> I think you really got really upset with like a smarter. <laughs> for me, oh, it was yeah, a, yeah. the audacity. Like a, you're diving! It was like, well, you kind of, you did kind of go through yeah. him a little bit. Yeah. You didn't have any tight to, you know, have any right to kind of go down there. You know? He was so upset, though. Um, but that's the yeah. kind of ego you get when someone buys you for a hundred million smackeronies. Um, that is going to do it for this weekend, boys. Uh, thank you very much for joining me and um, to both of you. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, lads. It's not used. It's not not on not the lineup often seen on the screen. Of the three of us. Is it's it? not actually, is it? No, no, it's no. Not. no. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Oh, I've enjoyed it. I yeah. think we need to look at Jake and Jed and stop benching <laughs> them a little bit more. You know, <laughs> underperforming, subpar. Uh, so far. Um, yeah, thank you very much for our listeners. Thank you very much for our sponsors, Manscaped. Um, Screamers twenty at at the checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. Uh, we will see you with our midweek show uh, or some other show. <laughs> Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.